Welcome to episode three of How's the Market, a podcast for first home buyers, upgraders that gives you tips and tricks on real estate information from on the ground. My name is Tristan Larkin, and with me, I have my co-host, Jonah Howard. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing excellent. I like it. So this one's going to be a bit of a, a, an interesting one. Like, I think there is an unfortunate need to talk about this topic, and there's some things that sort of have, you know, come up this week that we've seen that speak on the urgency of this topic and just making sure that you understand it. Um, and that is all around building and pest inspections. So can you rely on them? Do you need them? Can you trust them? Um, and I want to sort of preface this and say, first and foremost, this is in no way suggesting that you should not get a building and pest inspection done on a home. Uh, like as buyers agents, we we insist in the vast majority of cases in, of completing best in, building and pest inspections prior to the purchase of the home or making the offer subject to them. The exceptions are if you're planning to do a knockdown on a block or something like that. But in most cases, you should be getting a building and pest inspection done. Uh, like you know, here at Tommy Buyers Agency, we we you know, we're buyers agents and we're typically helping people on the purchasing side of things. Occasionally we do vendor advocacy as well. And, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we took part in a vendor advocacy sale where we were helping one of our clients to sell their home. And it was an interesting one. Um, it was a very competitive property. There was lots of numbers that came through the opens as I'm sure anyone that's been through any open homes has seen in the last few weeks. And I was really taken back by the fact that we had like, you know, four plus interested parties that ended up making offers on the property and every single one of them was unconditional and not a single person got a building and pest inspection completed now this was a 60s block of units and when inspecting this property you can see that on the unit next door there was clear <laughs> clear cracks running through the entire brickwork now it, you know you don't have to be a building expert to think hmm maybe we should get this checked like it's an old block it's not like it's brand new even though you know that doesn't really mean anything in today's day and age you, cracks not good yeah crack cracks not good but so, an interesting one actually uh, i've spoke to a few building and pest uh, building and pest inspectors recently that said that the the properties that they're finding the most problems on nowadays are the new ones so that's something to keep in mind as well though uh there was there was another there was another comment that sort of got thrown around to me this week um as well as as the article that you know jonah is going to deep dive into in a little bit that that really threw me around i was i was having a chat with um a real estate agent and we were reviewing a property and got a building and pest inspection done on that property and we were essentially talking about the quality of building and pest inspectors out there because you know like as in any profession like if you're looking at lawyers there's some lawyers that might be better than others some have got more experience some have been in the game longer it's the same thing for building and pest inspectors and this you know particular agent told me that in their office, some of the agents in their office go to specific building and pest inspectors when they want to get a dodgy report done. And that 
is a very alarming thing to hear. And this agent was like, oh, you know, I even feel bad about it, but I know like it's what some of the colleagues do. It's just a reality of the industry that they'll go to a building and pest inspector or recommend one to the buyers coming through their opens um, that they believe could potentially favor the vendor, which is... Do they not have some kind of moral problem with that? Well, I mean, this agent told me that they had a moral problem it's with like it. like potentially bankrupting a family? Yeah. You slimy git. Yeah. yeah. Like, it seriously is though, right? Like, it is such a huge purchase. Arseholes, And right. when there is major building defects on a property, they are typically not cheap fixes. Look, some actually, oh, I, sometimes there is. Sometimes, sometimes it's three or $400, and we've experienced that in the past, and... You know, right. you just get the, the vendor to fix it for three or four hundred bucks and, and no problem. Bob's the uncle. However, you know, if if there's if there's you know issues with the foundation or there's you know slab heave or um, like in, in another instance which we have experienced before, we put an offer on a property subject to building and pest inspection and uh, you know, major building defects came back on like regarding the structure of the property in the report and we exited out of that contract however we came through complications in doing so as when we went to exit out of the the contract their conveyancer had said no 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 no. you aren't able to exit out of this contract because we've got a building and pest inspection completed as well and in our building and pest inspection it says that there's no major defects Therefore, we're choosing not to listen to your solicitor and we're choosing not to, um, you know, take the information in your report and we're actually going to hold you into the contract. Now, how that sort of came to is essentially the clause and, you know, this is not legal advice. So if you're ever in a situation like this, make sure you speak to a conveyance or a solicitor. But essentially how it came to for us is that it was concluded that the clause in the building, uh, the clause in the contract of sale is for the benefit of the, p- the purchaser. So if the purchaser gets a report done and then presents that to the vendor, then therefore they're able to exit out of the contract of sale. So that's a, it's a very important distinction because you never want to be relying on a building and pest inspection report that is completed by the vendor, paid for by the vendor, organized by the real estate agent, and is to the benefit of themselves. And, you know, that is essentially something that happens in the industry. And, you know, hearing that what this real estate agent told me this week, that they know that people in their office are going to one inspector that, you know, maybe they're mates with, maybe they shout him a few beers at the pub on the weekend, they probably give him a lot of work, and they know will maybe be less harsh on a property in comparison to what another inspector may be. So we're like, obviously, absolutely, we are for building and pest inspections, though it's just important to understand that not every building and pest inspection on the same property is going to come up with the same things. Not every building and pest inspector is of the same quality and of the same experience. And it is extremely important to make sure that you are, you know, getting a good report done from a, a good inspector. And it is like, if you're spending five, $600 on a report, like it is probably the best money that you're going to spend on, uh, you know, and around that purchase. So 
yeah like uh-huh. just make sure that you are you know finding a good inspector and if you need a good inspector like reach out and contact us we deal with many building and pest inspectors yeah so what's the best way to recommend recommend people at home to find a good inspector yeah it's it's a good question get recommended by friends or yeah like oh look if you if you know of someone that's if if you have got you know a referral of someone that says that they're really good you know that's generally a good place to start though i try to look at their experience and ask for a sample copy of their reports as well because some building and pest inspectors use their own templates and some of the templates are obviously just less thorough than others. So I will see some uh, building and pest inspection reports that are 20 pages, some are 60, some are 180. Like, and you know, the number of pages isn't a, a good you know, example of the thoroughness of the report, though you can generally tell by the writing and um, just have a, like have a conversation with maybe a couple different inspectors and just sort of ask you know their methodology, what sort of tools do they use? Some will just go through and have a look. Others will have all of the correct sort of tools where they can you know measure the moisture readings in the walls and sort of have more like you take the advancements of technology. Typically, a lot of the building inspectors um, are generally older men um, that have sort of had a, a longer career in the building industry. So I, I think it's important that they're good at communication, which is... Uh, Do you know what the, even the qualifications are to become a building and pest inspector? Yeah, so if you were to read a um, the clause in the contract for building and pest inspections, it says what a building and pest inspector needs to be, like the qualifications in order for their report to be able to get you out of the, the contract. So... There, you, you like, you know, it's it's state to state dependence. So depending on where you're listening to this from, just read right. the contract of sale and read the clause that states what, um, you know, sort of certificates right. or regulation they need to have, like the qualified engineer or they need to be, you know, a license in Victoria. Um, so there is there is different qualifications, but in terms of the regulation of the industry, it's not as thorough as, as some other industries as well. So yeah, like you you could you can essentially get mm. qualified for to be a building pest inspector with you know with very very limited experience in comparison to some other guys out there that have been you know carpenters or in the industry for 20 plus years before becoming them so yeah there's definitely a huge gap between the best and the worst inspectors out there in terms of skills yeah i think just getting out into the community and talking to people and if they're recommended then they're they must be good yes mm probably the best way to do it. Just don't get recommended by someone who could have an ulterior motive, like a real estate agent. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not like every real estate agent is bad as well. Like, um, but just because there's a conflict of interest there, you need to, you need to anticipate it. Like another example that could, that could explain this to you is if you're looking for a good property, you're not going to ask, a real estate agent if the property that you've inspected is a good or a bad one because if they're getting paid for selling it then you'd never ask them that but what i always find interesting is and again not every agent's like this but if you call up a real estate agent and ask for their advice on a listing that a competitor has you'll you'll typically see an absolute change in in the real estate agent's point of view and how they talk about properties. I was speaking to an agent earlier this week and they've told me that they've got an off-market property on X Street 
And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I know, I know that street. Um, there's actually another one two doors up that a different agent has got. Like, what's your thoughts on that property? And you know, initially, like when I first talked to him, like, oh, it's a fantastic location. You know, it's good. You're close to schools. Like, it's awesome. They're all yada yada yada, as they do. And then as soon as I mentioned this other property, he's like, oh, that property's terrible. That one's going to be. That'll be on the market forever. Like, they're never going to be able to sell that. You, oh, you got to see what it's like. It's terrible body corp. Um, you know, it's in the worst spot, spot in the street. Like my one's in a better spot. And it was just, it was just so interesting. Like if they had that property and I asked them the same questions, they would say something completely different. They'd be like, oh no, this one's great. Like the, 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 here's the reason why. So like, it's just common sense. Like you, even if a real estate agent's really nice, maybe they've helped you look through some other homes. Like it's just a lot safer if you're the person that's finding your own recommendations. And that, that goes for like, you know, you're buying a property. It's a serious thing. It's bloody expensive. You, you want to make sure that you're doing it right. So I think that goes for finding your own conveyance art and finding a building and pest inspector because they're some of the most important things uh, when it comes to sort of looking through and reviewing a home. So yeah, just make sure that you're finding one from from your own means. That's that's what I reckon. Now, did you want to jump in and, and have a look at um, the story that can give a pretty good example of you know this whole scenario playing out. <laughs> it feels like this is just going to be a roasting real estate agents <laughs> podcast. But so there is an article I read today. Uh, so what happened in the article basically is that Erica had put in an offer on a home around the 700k mark, subject to a successful building and pest report. But the real estate agent advised her to save her money that they had already completed a building and pest report on her behalf. It just didn't sit right with Erica and she went on and got her own completed. And surprise, surprise, they couldn't be more different. Erica said that the first report highlighted the house was fine, ready to go and had no big issues. However, the second report, she said, did a complete 180. The home contained asbestos, was prone to mold, had termite activity, and even had parts of the home that weren't compliant with the NCC, the National Construction Code. So whoever knows, when you're going to resell a property and if it has issues with the NCC, isn't it? It's not compliant in any way. It can be, you won't be able to sell it if it's picked up by the right real estate agent and it's illegal to sell a property that's not compliant. And the report ended up valuing the repairs on the property in excess of 100K. So that's very different from $0 that basically the first building and pest report said to over $100,000. So yeah, further on in the article, it speaks with building and pest inspector Mike Heathcote, who says he has been intimidated by agents in the past to give a less than accurate report. A text message from an agent sent to Mike even reads, you and your company are no longer allowed to inspect any of our properties. You are totally out of line with your so-called estimations of repair. Time to retire, mate. <laughs> Which I thought mate, was, it's, was it's a bit so bad. It's so bad. Uh, the takeaway true. from this story, I believe, is that you should definitely always, <laughs> yeah, always seek your own building and pest inspector and seek your own report, own third-party report. And ensure that they aren't in the pockets of the real estate agents. Remember, guys, that real estate agents are paid to sell the property. And some will mislead you if they're given the opportunity. Mm. And money talks. So if there's money on the table, then, yeah, people can turn them into slimy gits like old mate. Yeah. And, like, I think I think it's important. Like, we have done a bit of real estate agent bashing in this one. But I th- it's important to remember that, you know, these guys are just trying <laughs> to feed the families as well. Like... And this is their job and like it is a high risk job where, you know, if they don't get results, they don't get paid. So, and, you know, typically the the vast majority of them are good, but you just need to be careful 
to make sure that you're not putting in yourself in a position where you can be taken advantage of. I think I think that's the big takeaway if there is one here. Like you just want to put yourself in a good position so that you can't be taken advantage of because in situations uh-huh. like this, like it's pretty shocking. That's that's a hundred thousand dollars of pretty much lies from um, you know, not even lies. It's uh-huh. it's a hundred thousand dollars of difference. It was it was a demolition yeah. job, basically. Yeah. Yeah, which is yeah, it's huge. It's so huge. So so, you know, it's, I've, it, it actually reminded me um, of a building in Pest Inspector that we've, uh, we've used before in the past. Like we were going through, um, you know, we'd, we'd had an offer on this property and he'd picked up that what it looked like, the, either the vendor or the agent had placed items around the home to cover up all of the cracks in brickwork and it was so man, it was so funny he, he was a he's an older guy you're kidding me he picked up all the stuff and was just throwing it like you know it was most of it was outside covering cracks in the brickworks of the garage and that had sort of like little <laughs> plastic garden gnomes and hoses and stuff tied up to sort of cover it <laughs> just picking it up and chucking it around like he couldn't believe it he's like look at what these guys do like so yeah you need you need to um you need to know what you're looking at. That's awful. Yeah, right. It is. What if it, what if that's a young family that goes to buy that? Like a young family with a newborn baby that goes to buy it and then next minute it falls over and becomes unlivable. Like how could you live with yourself? Yeah. Well, look, funnily enough, that is exactly the situation of the clients we were helping at the time. So, we we got it we got it all like done for them, but it was yeah, it was a young family, mm. newly engaged, like looking at looking at the home we ended up buying it for them in the end um though yeah like it's it could have been easy that they just didn't pick up any any of that stuff and we ended up negotiating i think maybe it was four grand off the the contract price um in that instance from the report from the findings that we found so yeah it's just it's so that's probably another another big point that you can negotiate down if the building and pest report is doesn't work in your favor that you can negotiate down the price there's an an extra example of why you should why you should get an external external source because obviously the real estate agents don't want to sell down their property yeah massively that that is that is a really good point mate like you can leverage the building and pest inspection report um and and typically a a good building and pest inspector will be able to give you rough quotes on what it would cost to rectify the works though our recommendations would be go and get actual quotes for the recommendations uh, uh, for the rectification of the works and then present that in the negotiation of trying to get th- that amount off the purchase price. Because really you're just trying to get the property back to the level that you valued it at based on having no like sort of major structural defects. So if there's a quick tip there, then I- I'd be using that. I think that's a, it's a really good one for trying to negotiate off building in pests. So I think this, uh, you know, we're about, we're about on time, Jonah. We're about 20 minute mark. So... I think we can we can wrap it up there for for this week's episode and say thank you right, for yeah, tuning yep, in and make sure to check out www.tommy.com.au to get access to our house the market blog and join the mailing list and we shall see you again in next week's episode and follow me on instagram jonah underscore tommy underscore geelong and tiktok as well it's the same thanks everyone have a great week and we should see you next week